Welcome to Marriage and Money, a conversational podcast about personal financial topics aimed at improving the conversations about money in your marriage so you can reach your dreams together. This is a weekly discussion brought to you by a seemingly financially incompatible couple bonded by the legal contract of marriage. My name is David, your favorite saver, and I'm joined today by my generous partner and co-host, Heather. We would love to hear from our listeners. Please send us any questions or comments, any feedback you have. You can email us at marriageandmoneypodcast at gmail.com or send us a message on Instagram at marriage.and.money. Well, we have a great show planned for you today. Today, we're going to be talking about charitable giving. Ah, oh, charitable giving. I'm pretty excited. First I, of all, this is about spending, so I always like the topics that are about is, spending. Is, but this is my favorite kind of spending. Is charitable giving spending? I, I, in my head, I put it into a different bucket. Well, but may, maybe it's the same. It's, it's money not out. Saving. <laughs> if your options are saving or spending, it's money I, going it's, out. It's going out. It's, it's money going out. out. Category. Yeah. Okay. I'll give that to you. Which is, but it's my favorite kind of spending. Why is it your favorite? I don't know. I was just thinking about that today as we were planning about how I started learning to give, right? And I just remember, I just remember my parents always teaching me about giving. I remember when I would go to Sunday school and I'd have like my little coins, probably like pennies or nickels or quarters. And I would put those in the little offering that would come around. And it was just something that I learned at a very early age and just always was part of me. No, that was the same with me where I had had my little, I had a little dime. I got a little dime every yeah. week that I'd throw in. Yep, exactly. So, and, and I think it's neat. Our um, David's sister is currently teaching our little four and a half year old nephew about money. And he's got his little, he's got his little envelope, not envelopes. They're little, I don't know, po- pocket packets. Yeah, some kind of little packet. A little, he puts yep. his, he's got his giving. A little zipper on he's it. He's got his giving <laughs> packet. He's got his spending. He's got his savings. So it's, it's neat to see it continue to live on in the future generations. Yeah, gener- future generations will still give. <laughs> it, it won't be lost to the <laughs> ages, so. thankfully. <laughs> uh, so we're talking about giving today because it, giving needs to be a part of your financial plan. Yeah, we definitely believe that this is a key part of your financial plan. We, Like I said, we both grew up individually, and as we got married, it's always been an important part of of our financial plan and we we really encourage everyone that it should be a part of your financial plan as well. Yes, and what better time to talk about it than the end of the year because a lot of times, you know, it's the season of giving. And so Christmas being the season of giving, this seems like an appropriate time to be talking about giving as well. Yeah. And, and we're not even asking for your money. Normally when you have people talking about the season of giving, it's because they want something from you. We don't. We just want you to listen. And you're doing that anyway. So Good call out. At the end of this, there's not going to be an offer. There, there, no, we're not asking for money. <laughs> this is purely just let's have a conversation about giving. <laughs> but it is interesting how it is really this time of year. You know, I, I know a lot of the the nonprofits and organizations will reach out for kind of year end giving. And I think a lot of times, you know, people come to the end of the year and, and I hate to say that it's driven by, you know, tax advantages or other reasons like that. I mean, there are some benefits, but I think people get to the end of the year and they realize, oh my goodness, I didn't do as well on giving. And that's kind of a bummer, but it's also good that you know, people still step it up and, and want to give, even if, you know, they gave throughout the year, they didn't give that they're, they're wanting to, to I think it's good. I think the good thing part about that, at least in my head is that I'm thinking 
somewhere along the line, someone's looking at what they had planned to give versus what they did, and they're going back and they're reviewing their financial plan. And so that to me says something good is happening. Sure. <laughs> um, but as, as you're figuring out what your giving plan looks like and, and as you want to incorporate that into your financial plans, you need to answer two main questions. And, and that's, who are you going to give to or, or which organization are you going to give to and how much are you going to give? Exactly. I think those are the two main. Maybe there's other questions that we're missing. but So on the who, I think it's really important that whatever you're giving to or whoever you're giving to, that you are excited and you're passionate about it. We've given to a lot of different organizations throughout the years. And a lot of times we end up giving to organizations that we have friends or family that are involved in or on staff with those organizations. And we really believe in the purpose of them and you know the people that are really running them. And so I think it's important that it's something you're not just you know blindly giving, that you're excited and you believe in the mission of whatever that organization is. I think it, a big piece of that is how can you engage in that organization or or with that person? And I think that's part of why having that personal connection, it, it can be so important because that's one way for you to be able to engage and, and to learn more about the organization, but then also to, to get involved. Um, if it's more than just your money being involved, if it's more than just a financial transaction, that's where giving really becomes impactful, um, both for the, the organization receiving it and, and for you as the giver. Yeah, that's a really good point. There's lots of ways to give, right? We're talking about giving monetary money, monetary giving, but there's also you know, giving of your time, your talents. Uh, lots of other ways to give. And I think it's important that you do all of it, that you know, you don't blindly just write a check and put it in the mail and not think about it, but you're either involved in it, you know, through other ways as well, and not just, you know, giving money. But but it can be hard, even even knowing what you're passionate about and even knowing um, knowing some people, it can still be hard to figure out how, where, where do you actually give that money? If you say you know what you're passionate about, but you just don't know where it should go like then what then because that can be a challenge too yeah i know and it's surprising right like you want to give and you're excited and you have the money budgeted and you're like what do i give it to now what i know it's that's a kind of crazy to think about because especially with so many needs out there and so many nonprofits and so many places where money could be given so it's hard to believe but no shortage of needs right but it is hard and i mean obviously you can do a lot of research online if you google different passions you're involved in you know, talk to your friends and family that, you know, maybe have similar interests to you. I, I know people don't like to talk about money with other people. It's kind of this taboo topic, but I don't think there's anything wrong in reaching out and saying, hey, what tar- charities or what organizations are you involved in? Especially, you don't need to ask how much or whatever, but to get their opinions on where do they invest. I recently reached out to some some friends of mine to say, hey, where, how do you guys decide where to give money? Because we're looking at giving some extra giving and we're kind of doing some research of our own. And so I think you can learn a lot from your friends and family um, from where. And where the great in. thing about that is that likely it's it's their favorite organizations that are going to come to service. Right. And, and those are the ones that um, will hopefully uh, hopefully are making a big impact on them. And and uh, you can help make a big impact as well. And, and then in addition to those organizations, there's a lot of one-offs that come up throughout the year, at least that have come up for us. Like we'll, we'll have neighbor kids stop by selling cookies or there might be a fundraiser at school or 
Um, we have family maybe that's that's doing some maybe they're doing a fun run to uh, to support some some cause. You, you know, there are all these all these uh, additional areas, and if you were to say yes to all of them, they might bankrupt you, right? Um, <laughs> Maybe that's the savor of me talking, but they might bankrupt you. And so at least for me, it feels like there needs to be some prioritization. You can't say yes to everybody. Um, as, a, as a spender, how does that approach you, Heather? Yeah, so I I actually love the one-offs. I don't think David really enjoys them as much. but <laughs> I, Well, because I, I like to plan. I'm a planner. I know. <laughs> I remember one time, just a quick story. I remember one time there was a neighbor kid that came around who was literally selling homemade artwork. <laughs> like have like a picture and you bought face. some homemade artwork I, did. I don't even know that it was going to a charity i think he was just an entrepreneur but i was like it was very nice. anyway i love um <laughs> great now send me all you know i'm gonna get all the emails about here's my kids fundraiser um which is great bring him bring him on let's challenge the spender let's make him feel uncomfortable but what, what we do it's a really great question because you do got you know you've got savers like david who want to be planful we can't just go bankrupt over this, even though I don't think that would happen. But what we do is we have a bucket in our budget called miscellaneous giving because we don't know where it's going to, we don't know the things that are going to come up. And so we plan for the year at the beginning of the year, we say this amount of money we're going to put aside for miscellaneous giving. And, and then it's, it's in there and we discuss it in the month. Like, and usually these come up. And so usually it's an added thing at the end of the month, or if it happens before the budget, we can plan for it. But we usually then just track it every month. Oh, we gave to this charity or this and kind of track it against what we had planned for the full year and then what we're actually spending against it. And so I think that gives you a peace of mind, right? And that's been really, really helpful for me um, because that allows me to see, oh, yes, we we designated this money. This was part of our giving plan from the beginning to do these miscellaneous items that come up when appropriate. And so, but then... As we go through the year, I'm able to see, okay, here's how we're coming up on it. Do we need to be more aggressive about who we're saying yes and, and no to or not? And so that has been a lifesaver for me, and I really appreciate having that out there. Um, and, and the other piece about when you're figuring out who to give to, I think that's really important, is not having it be a one and done. So most of these giving scenarios, um, specifically with, with some of these different organizations, you might set up reoccurring giving. And so it happens naturally, right? Um, it's important to to take a moment and say, are these still the organizations that we want to continue giving to over the next year? Um, it gives you a chance to say, are these, is this really where my passion still lies, where I, I think my dollars can have the most impact? And, and you can refocus. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think you should at least revisit it on an annual basis when you're kind of doing your annual plan to say, here what we're, here's what we're budgeting. Um, we budget our charitable giving on a monthly basis. And so we know this is what's going to these regular organizations and then revisit it. And it's okay. Like we got to a place in our life where we had kind of just kept adding and adding and we had quite a few organizations we were giving to and we stopped and we looked at it one year and I think it was David who, who gave the idea. It was just like, you know, I feel like we're not being as impactful because we're spreading it over so many organizations that it would be better if we could, you know, reduce the number and make a bigger impact 
Right. And, and the way this happened, it wasn't that we started splitting up donations across. It was as our income grew, we said, oh, we can afford to add another organization at the yeah, same rate point. we're supporting these others. And that was a great thing. Like we can then we're now supporting multiple organizations. But but then it was, do we really want to be supporting all are all these organizations equally weighted in our mind? Or do we value certain organizations more than others? And should we designate the funds like it reflects our values and so that was the conversation we had right yeah and that, that was some difficult calls we had to make to people it was. to say we were going to stop because giving. they were all good organizations exactly. and we liked them all exactly exactly <laughs> but we but but one of our main objectives was we wanted to be as impactful as possible and so we had to make some hard calls so the second question around this, we talked about who you give to, and, and that, that's challenging. But then I would say a more challenging question to answer is how much. Especially for the saver, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> that can be a tough one. That can be really tough. So where do we start with that? I mean, we, we, we kind of have a rule of thumb that we start at. Yeah, so we believe in the principle of tithing. You know, we, believe, we love Jesus and we follow the Bible and and so we really, we believe in tithing. So we started at 10% of our income. Now, I would say that that sounds very simple, but we did have a disagreement early on. I think we weren't even married at the time. Um, but we had a disagreement about whether that tithing was should be based on net versus growth income. Gross, sorry, net versus gross income. And it was a really interesting conversation. So, I mean... There are decisions you need to make about what you're basing it your base on and then what what uh, percentage that you base it off of. Yeah, and, and in my mind, and I know, Heather, you, you might disagree with this. I, I personally don't think there's anything magical about 10%, right? So no. 10% was this, it was a number set for the Jews in, in that time because for, to, to keep the temple running, right? So that's, that's the, the guidelines that the church laid out at that point. We are now freed of that um, in the New Testament, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't give. And so I still believe that 10% is still a good rule of thumb for giving. It's not it's not a crazy amount of money to give. And so that seems very reasonable to me still as a place to start. So I have no trouble with that. But yes, you're right. We had some good discussions on on net versus gross. <laughs> and I mean, you can do you can do more than that. I mean, you can. I think. That's the beauty of, you know, if you get your financial house in order and as you get out of debt and as you continue to earn more, I mean, hopefully you're giving more and not just as a, if your percentage stays flat, maybe you can increase that or give one offs or that's what's neat when there's situations that arise that, hey, there's this need and maybe it wasn't in your plan, but maybe you're in a financial situation that you could give to that. So, you but know, definitely you can do more. Yeah, or, and and I think the real the real key here is deciding on what is that percentage of your income that that's the that's right to give. Um, because your income will fluctuate up and it'll fluctuate down over time. And that should be should happen independently of your decision on this is the right percentage. So if you make $10 a week, if that's all you you, you have and you said okay, just to make it easy, I'm going to do 10% then you're given a dollar. But if you make a million dollars a year, right? You're you're giving you're giving a hundred thousand dollars. So it it's a, a different different scale, but the same percentage. And and so it it makes those decisions a lot easier. Is that after tax or before tax? Just kidding. Oh well, that's a separate conversation now. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just important 
as a couple that you guys come to an agreement. And I mean, we like to use a percentage, like David said, because it, it goes up as your income goes up. So it just naturally grows as your income grows. But it is something that you should relook at at the end of the year. If you've got income that changes or someone loses a job or you get a big promotion, just kind of step back and look at how your giving is, is laying out versus what you'd planned. And this is something we look at every month. So you had recommended looking at giving uh, on a regular basis, Heather, and you said at the top of the show, um, you, you were hoping people weren't just waiting till the end of the year to review. And this is really where in your, in your monthly um, budget review that, that you do, this is where you say, okay, it, it, did we give the money we said we were going to give this month? Um, you, you true that up. You make sure that you're current on your giving. Yeah, exactly. So we talk about this every month. It's the first line item in our budget after our income of where, where our money goes to. So yeah, it's definitely something we look at monthly and track how we're doing. But Exactly. Yeah. And I hope I didn't give the wrong impression there saying we review at the end of the month. It it It's still, it's the first thing in, their, in our budget. So it's something that happens right off the top. Um, we just confirm that it actually happened at the end of the month. Um, and that's just our flow. But what what happens when we disagree or if we disagree? And you, Heather, you mentioned we, we happen to disagree once, once or twice sometimes <laughs> when it comes to money. Does that ever, uh, that probably doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, but, yeah I remember. <laughs> you can't remember the last time we disagreed about money? <laughs> I, I can't day. blame you on that. Um, yeah, I mean, this is going to be advice, honestly, whether it's charitable giving or anywhere you're spending money or saving money or trying to decide where to put your invest your money, you're going to, you're not always going to think alike and you're going to have disagreements. But I think it's really important on these topics that to always, you know, lay out your plan, explain to your spouse, you know, why you want to give to this organization, you know, explain your passion, your point of view, why it's important to you, you know, have a conversation. If you're the spouse that disagrees, listen, first of all, like, listen to what they have to say, hear what they have to say, then ask questions. It's fine to challenge. You should be able to challenge and push back and ask questions. Um, but just make sure you've both have done your homework and you can really talk through and, and uh, to hear each other's points of views or concerns around that topic. It, one, one thing I'd like to mention on that is that even though when you're, when you're laying out your reasons for, for why you think this is the way it should be with your charitable giving on, on who it should go to, um, it, or, or how much or whatever, it, it's, it might seem a little irrational to the other person. It probably will seem irrational because they came to a very different conclusion. And so I would say if you're hearing something that sounds completely irrational, take a moment and recognize that yes, that may seem irrational. Maybe it is irrational, but that's reality to that person, and you love that person. And whether or not it's irrational doesn't doesn't matter. That's their reality, and you need to work with them through that. Yeah, and I'd also say you know be supportive of your spouse if they have a generous nature, and it's maybe not something natural to you. You know, don't shut them down. You know, under I, I understand it has to be within reason. You can't just give all of your money away. You do have to live on your your money as well. But talk through a plan, you know, encourage generosity. And then as you, you know, as you earn more money and your wealth grows, you have the opportunity, as we mentioned, to continue to, to give more. So you can always start in some place and then it can evolve as time goes by and grow. So, so if you if you happen to get in a disagreement specifically about who to give to, 
some I, I feel like the the easiest and, and simplest way, probably the most common way that, that couples approach this is to simply split up their giving among the, the uh, among the, the designated parties. So, OK, you want one spouse wants this this organization, another one wants another organization. Okay, we split our money evenly and we go to both. Well, that might work. That might be a good a good way to go. It's also much less impactful than giving a larger amount to one of those organizations or, or one fewer, right? Right. Another way is, I mean, you could take turns. So one year, I mean, it's still spreading the money, but maybe you say this year we're going to focus on this organization and next year we're going to put the money towards this other organization. So there's ways to to compromise, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. There are certainly ways. If you can't win the other person over, there are other ways to, to approach it. Um, and if you were to disagree on the dollar amount, um, how would you approach those discussions, Heather? Yeah. I mean, it's the same way, right? You need to talk through, and maybe you don't believe in the 10% or maybe you have a different way of thinking and that's fine. Right. Talk through where you want to start. And it, and it can be, I acknowledge it can be stressful, especially when money's tight and you are, barely getting your bills paid. Maybe you're up and your eyeballs in debt and you're just having a hard time just meeting what you can. I mean, we, we still believe that you should, you should be giving whether you're in debt or not, that that should be part of your financial plan, but I know it can be hard. So I think the important thing here is to try to agree on some place to start, try to get to a place where you can kind of come in the middle and it may not be, it may not be to where somebody wants to get to, or it may be, even higher than another person, but try to, again, listen to each other, try it out, um, start somewhere. And, and when you start somewhere, I would, my advice would be to start with a percentage, not with a dollar amount. Say, this is the percentage I'm going to start at, and then this is the percentage that I'm going to get to. So if you're, if you're starting out today and you say, oh my goodness, I can't even fathom, I'm not giving anything now, I can't fathom giving 10% of my income right now. Okay, Start start at a lower percentage. Have have 10% or whatever that percentage is. As Have a target percentage goal and work your way up to that and have a plan to get up to that. But um, just because you can't give at your goal level today doesn't mean you shouldn't start giving. Right. Again, just it's important just to listen to each other. You know, be empathetic. Try to understand people, your other spouse's point of view. And try to find some way to come to a compromise, just like any disagreement that you're going to have in your marriage on any topic, right? Yeah. Um, one one thing um, additional here, Heather. I've I've seen people, and and I know we've had conversations as well around uh, giving to family members, right? So, or or giving to people we know, or giving to give, giving to. In instances where there's, you know, it, it's not a nonprofit organization, it's not a, there's no tax deduction involved. Is that still giving in your mind? Yeah, I think it's still giving. I mean, us personally, we don't consider that part of our tithing and our charitable giving. So that goes, usually for us, that's above and beyond our our 10%. But um, yeah, I mean, I, and I'm not going to argue whether it should be in your 10% or not. I mean, the important thing is, is that it is thing you're giving, you're giving, it is considered giving. If it's not a nonprofit, if you can't claim it on your tax return, if, if it's cash you put out and you don't have a receipt or whatever you give to the homeless person on the street, you give to a family member, that's all giving, you're giving money and you're not expecting to get anything in return. So just because you, and, and that's exactly where I was going with this is just because you can't 
put it on your tax return as, as a charitable contribution, that doesn't mean it's not a charitable contribution. Right. Um, and it doesn't mean that you're not having an impact. I, I, I want people to be, to be careful of not getting locked into, I have to give to, to a nonprofit, government recognized nonprofit organizations. Well, you don't always have to do that. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. So, all right. Yep. So I think that's good. So we want you to continue the conversation at home with your spouse. So sit down and have this conversation. Talk about your giving plan for 2021. The the year is, is up here. We're starting a new new year. It's a great time to revisit um, and talk about your budget. Um, just so, so decide what your budget's going to be for the year or for the month. Build it into your monthly budget plan and decide what charities you're going to give to. Uh, if you're already giving, sit down and revisit. Is that where you want to continue to give? Is that the places you can be most impactful? Also, we encourage you, if you do have children, to bring your kids into this discussion. Again, as we talk about at the beginning of this, both of us just learned right away from when we were children from our parents how important giving was. And it was just part of what you do. And so it's a great way to continue to bring your children in and teach them the importance of giving. And and also to bring them, show them how you make the decisions on where you're giving so that they're equipped to, to know how to do it when they're, when they're able to give on their own. So, David, what's the most meaningful charitable contribution you feel that we've done? Oh, okay. I, I like this question because, <laughs> because this is... I, this is a big benefit. Not necessarily benef about the amount. Well, it, no, it's not about the amount. It's a, it's about, it, at least for me, it's about the impact or at least the perceived impact. And and maybe I maybe I have more impactful, maybe we've done more impactful giving than this. I'm sure we have. But this was, it seemed like the most impactful to me that I that I was directly involved with. And I'm thinking um, initially here of, uh, of an organization that we had been giving to for a while. We were regular givers to this organization. But then... Um, they this was in the middle of a recession that was several years ago and the the staff as a result of this recession ended up having to take a significant pay cut and i know you and i had conversations about how oh this was so terrible because we knew the staff probably weren't getting paid that much i mean we didn't know how much they were making but probably not that much and to get a pay cut was going to be devastating and so we at thought what better way to to meet that need than by giving some additional cash to to those staff um anonymously and so i thought that was that was awesome because one it it, it impacted uh, people that we cared about in an organization we cared about in a time of need and so those three things came together and i don't know it it resonated with me as wow we made a difference here we we helped here yeah so really I cool. thought that was great. Yeah. How about what for, for you? What was your biggest, uh, yeah, most impactful so, contribution? I mean, there's been a lot, but I think one of the ones that most resonate for me is when I was on the board of a local um, nonprofit food bank. And it was really fun to, to not only just be on the board and to have an impact, just have a seat at the table and make decisions on where the money is going so I could see where the dollars were actually going. But we also were financially contributing to it as well. And that's some advice I would give. You know, if you are going to be involved or on a board position in a nonprofit, I recommend that you need to have some financial skin in the game. You should be giving financially to that organization as well as a time commitment. But it was really impactful to me to be able to say, okay, I, I'm seeing where my money is going and have a voice in that. And 
it's interesting that you gave that example because really in both of the situations that we talked about, we were involved with the with the organizations, and we, yeah, it, it was it was more impactful because of that engagement, right? Right, right. And so it was that engagement, being engaged in the organizations, is what really made those those meaningful. Um, yeah, that that's a great theme coming out of today's <laughs> today's yeah. uh, session, um, today's conversation. So I, I'd like to to close today uh, with a question that we got from a listener and. This listener is, you might, you might recognize this name. This is from Jeannie, uh, who sent us an email at uh, marriageandmoneypodcast at gmail.com, just like you can. <laughs> and uh, Jeannie says, about church giving and tithing, is it best to have that automatically taken out of each check? Should we wait to see if we have enough money at the end of the month? Do you give 10% of your total as a couple or individually? So now, we we were not planning this question. We were not planning this episode around this question. The timing just worked out awesome, and I think yeah. I think that goes to it's the end of the year, and these are the thoughts that are pe- on people's minds. So thank you, Jeannie, so much for sending in this this question. Um, do you want to start this, or should I? Uh, go ahead, you can start. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. So you're doing a great job kicking it off. So first of all, my on on the automatic contribution piece, my my general thought, at least for for the primary place that you're giving money to. I like the idea, and I'm assuming the primary place is her church. She's talking about tithing. I like the idea of not having it automatically taken out for the primary place. And that might be a little counterintuitive. But even though that would be easier and it would be more consistent, I think there's something about the act of giving that's important. And I think the actual act and actually handing over your money, going through some action, on a regular basis to do so. I think that's part of the giving process. And if you do this automatic giving piece, you're missing out on some of that letting go, the letting go of your money. Yeah, it's really interesting. You, I thought you were going to not say that because you're Mr. Tech Guy and you're about everything. Well, and I would, I would say the opposite for everything but the primary. Sure. But I, I would agree 100% with that because I do think there there is something about writing out that check or seeing that money go. Um, but... Obviously, there's always a balance of whatever's easiest too. So I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. No, there, no, but. there isn't. There, there is not. And, but that's just a, a personal, yeah. personal piece. Um, secondly, she had she had talked about uh, doing this at the end of the month and with looking at whatever's left over. And uh, we talked earlier about how this is at least in in our minds something that comes off of the top. This isn't leftover money. This is here's all of the money. Ten percent of that comes first. And then the 90% is the leftover, not, not that 10% being the leftover. And so in, in my head, I don't even frame it as leftover because you haven't gotten to the leftover yet. Yeah. However, I would say that depending on your cash flow situation, like if a lot of your bills are due at the beginning of the month, like if your mortgage and your utilities and there's a lot of outflow at the beginning of the month, it's okay if your charity, you know, if you're contribution comes mid-month or later in the month just from a cash flow perspective but the important part is is that it's in your budget and that the money is going towards it um it's not to david's point it's not if there's money left over that it is an item and it, and it you treat it like a a bill yeah i guess what i'm saying is it's it's the mindset of how you're thinking about right. it and so it's a mindset of whether you pay it at the beginning of the month or the end of the month it's a mindset of this is for sure already this is money that's already gone 
it's not money that I'm going to spend if I have it left over. And then finally, um, she was asking about her final piece of the question was around um, giving together as a couple or giving individually. And I, honestly, I don't think it matters. I think it it depends on how your your finances are set up. So we had an episode quite a while ago uh, about either combining finances or um, or keeping them separate. And I would say if you have your finances separate, then give your give donate separately. If you have your finances together, then give together. Heather and I have our finances combined, so we give out of the combined sum. But whether you give combined or give two people individually, if you're giving, in, in her example, 10%, it's going to be the same dollar amount anyway. Yep. Agree. I have nothing to add to that. Nothing to add. Okay. Good job. So, you covered it well. <laughs> but again, I mean, this is your money. Do with as you please. This is just <laughs> our our thoughtful advice and, and, and how we operate. Um, yeah. So, all right. So thank you so much for your questions. I think that about wraps it up for today. Um, but we would love to hear how your conversations around money have gone or take your questions on a future episode. You can email us at marriageandmoneypodcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at marriage.and.money. Also, please rate and review us on iTunes as that helps us continue to reach more people. Thanks again for joining us this week. And remember that whether you're a spender or a saver, your best financial life lies somewhere in the middle.